Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chad. It's 106 in Edmonton. Hour number two of Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer and Brendan Escott with you. Edmonton and the Winnipeg Jets tonight. Face-off show at 5.30. Puck drop at 7 o'clock. Cam Moon, myself, Rob Brown, and Reed Wilkins with the call. Oilers Now is brought to you by Digitex. They wish you and yours all the best during these uncertain times. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. So Hugh Porter, he sends me these texts, and it's often pretty funny. And he had me laughing last night during the course of the broadcast, something. Uh, he was a, a longtime um, acquaintance of one Len Barry. So he's pretty happy with how things are progressing. Uh, I'm hoping many of you can be happy with having a leading scoring defenseman in the National Hockey League right now, though there is a segment of the uh, fan base that, uh, I don't know, seems to uh, not want to enjoy anything. <laughs> including having the leading scoring defenseman in the NHL right now. Uh, we're momentarily going to head off to the River Creek Resort Casino Hotline, 780-496-0063. You can text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line at the same number. Ashley Fine Floors, providing winning results for 35 years. Uh, we will tell you that guests on the show received gift certificates to Japanese Village. Thrilled to serve you again, Don and his staff, for dine-in and takeout options. Uh, full details at jvedmonton.ca. Every Thursday... On orders now, we hook up with the NHL Network's Kevin Weeks for our friends. Uh, Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction and service, electrical prefabrication and solar. From the NHL Network, a longtime NHL guardian, as well as uh, an analyst for the NHL Network, a man whose name has been uh, mentioned for president and general manager jobs around the league here over the last two or three years. We welcome back to the show, Kevin Weeks. Hello, Kevin. How are you? Stop. I'm great. Hope everybody's doing well in Berta, too. What's the good word? Well, I mean, you know, 7-3. Hey, just before we get to I got to do this. Only because yeah, go. I saw this guy on a regular basis for five years play for the University of Alberta Golden Bears. He has yeah. a, a real appreciation for the offensive game. He's a, he's a coach that believes in scoring the next goal. And I jokingly said to somebody yesterday when Chris Knobloch took over the Rangers, I said, watch them score. And then they won nine nothing. <laughs> I mean, you're you must have been watching that last night. Going, what is going on? That was incredible last night. Honestly, that was a beatdown. Uh, it's funny you mentioned that because Rupper, Mike Rupp, my good buddy, who I play with with the Devils, who's with us on the NHL Network. Rupper was speaking highly about Knobloch for years, and he said that he's he's really bright and he thinks he has a bright future. So we were joking because we were on the air together last night along with Jamie Hirsch. And uh, it was very interesting to see. But a huge beatdown, yes, with Knobloch behind the bench, their assistant GM, Chris Jury, and uh, Gordon Murphy, one of their assistant coaches down in the American League. They absolutely annihilated Philly. And I feel so sorry for your local boy, um, local Albertan kid, stud young goalie in Carter Hart. He's not getting any help. Tim nor Brian Elliott, no defense in front of them. And I went to bat for them last night on the air. Um, love Carter Hart, but I, I felt and and Moose uh, as an Elliot, but they got absolutely hammered. No help. The Rangers dominated them last night. 
this you'll find this interesting because it's going to tie in a guy we're going to talk about. We'll, we'll we'll get to the Battle of Alberta stuff a little bit later on. But Carter Hart was playing for Sherwood Park with Sam Steele. Yeah. And Stuart mm-hmm. Skinner and Tyler Benson and David Quenville were playing for the Southside Athletic Club, which uh, unfortunately had me for a year. Uh, did lead that team in scoring. We weren't very good, as you can tell. But uh, anyhow, I digress. <laughs> and that was during the twelve thirteen. That was during the twelve thirteen uh, lockout season, and those two teams were really good. And Hart, you could see the technical ability. But Skinner had, Skinner had a little bit of an advantage in size, and everybody takes a different route, including yourself from personal experience. Mm-hmm. I know you saw the numbers on Stuart Skinner. 9-0, and uh, did not get the start last night in Bakersfield's loss. He's six foot three goaltender. He's still only 22 years of age. He's 9-0 and in his last nine starts, a 1.33 goals against average, and, uh, you know, like a 948 save percentage. So what, how important is it taking these steps along the journey, building confidence as a goaltender because you've done this yourself it's really important and i like the fact that you said nobody no two players have the exact same path and that exact same trajectory it's unique for each player kind of just like health like everybody has their own health realities and what that looks like so you know in the case of i, I can go back to to my time i remember coming out of junior uh, the ohl and I'm like okay i'm, I'm raw i'm talented i'm skilled uh, I'm fit. I could do all these things. And, you know, I skate with the NHL guys in the summer. I'm ready to go, all the rest of it. I played in the CHL top prospect game. I'm highly rated. And literally, I remember at the time, um, the late Brian Murray talking to me and the late Bill Torrey. This, I was Florida Panthers property. And he's like, Lucy, you need time. You got to play in the minors. Like being here in training camp and practicing well and playing well and all that, all that's good. But you, you need time. Like you need to, you need to play as a pro and learn from pros. And as it turned out for me, I needed two years in the American league and two halves of one season. So really three years in the minors total between the A and the I before I finally earned my shot to come up to the league. But in the case of Stuart Skinner, you're right. I remember hearing about him from Eli Wilson, goalie coach, Eli Wilson, who does camps out West. And he was saying, he was like, this two Skinner kids sit, keep an eye out for him. So, and obviously he went to Lethbridge and, and played well there and then going to Swifty and playing well there. So it's nice to see him getting these games stopped to your point at, at the, uh, at the pro level and getting more reps so that it gives him the best chance of long-term success in the NHL. He's on fire right now though, down, down low at the American league. Well, what's interesting to me is there has been an initial struggle at each starting point. Like, he didn't kill it right away when he went into the WHL. He was okay, but he dramatically improved in time. He didn't kill it, you know, in the in the ECHL. He had decent numbers, not great numbers. He went to Bakersfield, and, and there were some challenges in Bakersfield for the first season and a half. I look at Laurent Brassois, somewhat similar situation. Uh, not everybody's Yaroslav Halak, who comes in as a later draft choice and comes to North America a little bit older and has like a 930 save percentage in the minors you know what i'm saying totally totally yeah no you're right i mean look it's it's very rare like i was fortunate in that florida was an expansion team and and they gave me the opportunity to start like my rookie year in the minors in the american league i think i played 60 whatever games it was coming out of junior but not everybody had that right and there's only one net and even if you get that many games you still might not be ready and to get the games you need you might have to go to the east coast league you know, if you're a guy that's over in Europe, you might not be in the KHL, you might be in the VHL, which is their version of the AHL over in Russia, as an example, or, you know, the second division in Switzerland, wherever you may come from. So everybody has their own path. You're absolutely right in terms of what that looks like. 
And I'd like to think, too, that Kenny Holland did an awesome job. Now, remember, that Detroit team was stacked. What they did was unprecedented. But because they were stacked, that afforded them the time to be able to have their, their prospects overcook in the minors. And that seemed to work out pretty well for a lot of those players that played there from Quanwall and Datsuk and uh, Zetterberg. And, you know, I can go up and down the list of a lot of them. Jimmy Howard, three-time NHL All-Star who just retired. So uh, I'd like to think Kenny Holland knows a thing or two about that. Tell me this. Is Connor Hellebuck the best goaltender in the NHL right now? Vasilevsky is for me. Connor Hellebuck's right there. It's like an eyelash difference for me. I would just say that um, the only reason I would give the edge to Vasilevsky, clearly they won last year. And then also literally every single game, I know what I'm getting from, from Vasilevsky. 9.9 out of 10 games, I know what I'm getting from Hellebuck. Um, but what hell, you can make the, the argument that what Hellebuck's doing on Winnipeg in, in the absence of Dustin Bufflin, Tyler Myers, and everybody that they had on their back end with a reshaped back end, no Kulikov. I mean, they're, they're like five or six D different in the last two years from where they were. And for him to be the reigning Vesna Trophy winner and still being awesome this year, he's right there with Vasilevsky for me. He's Hellebuck's money. He's doing a great job out there in the peg. What is going on with John Gibson in Anaheim? Uh, here's what I would say. You know, it's funny you ask me that. I've always been a huge Gibby guy since he was in Kitchener at 17 years old playing in the O, even though he's a kid out of Pittsburgh. And you know this, under 17 gold, under 18 gold, world junior gold, and men's, like at the NHL level, men's world championship bronze as a young kid with Team USA. I think John Gibson's money. Excellent goalie, good kid, works hard. I love their goalie coach out there, my buddy Sudzi Maharaj. I think the challenge for Gibson is he's so good, Stoff. He's so good. And their team is the opposite of so good, right? Like they're in a perpetual rebuild in Anaheim. And quite they are frankly, now. They, they are now. They are now. Right? They're in a perpetual rebuild in Anaheim. And, and it feels to me like he's just kind of, I don't want to say this the wrong way, but I think he would be better served being somewhere else right now. Because <laughs> for as good as he is, it's just like he's burning premium years on a team that's not competing uh, for any playoff aspirations right now. So, I don't know, man. I could see him in another place. I, I, I don't know. You and I spitball. We hot stove a lot in our yeah. own personal conversations. I don't know if I put this by you, but I said before, like, I would, I, if I was Pittsburgh and he's a native Pittsburgher too, yeah. I would have considered getting him if they couldn't get Flower. I would certainly take a run of him, although Jari looks like himself now and he's playing well again, which is good to see, uh, having played for the Oil Kings. But uh, if I'm another team that's in the running, I'm investigating getting John Gibson. Yeah, I just I'll phrase it to you. Yeah, I just think you know what it's. I mean, they've won two of their last 15 games. Uh, You know, they now they they're not an organization that uh, overreacts and is continuously moving out coaches. Uh, And I Mm -hmm. I have some empathy for Dallas Akins, but they don't have a lot of offensive talent up front, and it's apparent. And so I just wonder whether or not the life's been sucked out of them if that happens sometimes with goaltenders. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It only does. You're spot on with that. All right. Last night, and we're going to refer to a text. We've got Kevin Weeks for Canadian Power Pack from the NHL Network. Uh, we had a texter say, Bob, what did you think of Daryl Sutter's comments uh, that he doesn't believe in pulling goalies? And i got to tell you this, Kevin, from my perspective, okay, I expect goalies to stop the puck. That's their job. But I hate, 
I'm not a fan of Mike Keenan, okay? I do not yeah. support, like, to me, he was way too quick with the ink. Yeah. Um, okay. I'd like to get your thoughts on Daryl Sutter saying he's part of the team. He's got to dig himself out, too. We got to dig ourselves. And it's, like, he basically said it's a crux. I'd like to get your perspective on that. Yeah, I could certainly see. First of all, let me echo what you said. Stop. I'm, I'm totally on with you. Uh, I'm not a fan of how Keenan did that with goalies. I do like the fact that he played his number one hard like he did with Grant, with Fierzy in uh, St. Louis. But I, I also felt like he was too quick. I mean, even with the great Mike Richter and Eddie Belfort and others that he had, he was too quick with the hook, which I didn't like. In the case of Daryl, there are some merits, though, to what Daryl's saying in that you want them to battle through. Uh, but you also sometimes have to have a feel for, listen, is your goalie getting embarrassed now? Right? Like, is, is he or she, are they getting embarrassed? Um, you know, does, does she feel badly or insecure? Or, you know, is she nursing an injury? Is she playing through an injury? Those are some of the things that you have to weigh. Are you on a back-to-back? You know, those are some of the things that you have to weigh. But I do understand to a point what Daryl's saying in that, you know, you want your tender in there battling. And more, more often than not, you want to battle too. But if it's as far gone as your game last night, Maybe. You know what I mean? Like, maybe maybe after the fifth one, you're like, okay, it's at least a mercy pull. Maybe after five or six. Same thing that happened at the Garden with uh, the Rangers beating down the uh, the Flyers last night. Like, after a while, you're like, okay, let's let's SOS. Let's get, get Carter in there. And then poor Carter Hart goes in there, and the first shot he faced was a breakaway. Poor guy. Yeah. Yeah, I know it's an interesting one for me. I mean, it's yeah. I, 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 you know, I, I think sometimes you just got to stick with people and they got to power their way through it. That's just kind of how life works. Mm-hmm. And the grinders, mm-hmm. the grinders are the most successful. Uh, Daryl also no talked question. last. Daryl talked last and he said we we can't match up this way against this team. Uh, I mean, it was it was pretty interesting because. To me, the Flames, you know, they won their first three games. I know you keep an eye on mm-hmm. Alberta because of some family connections. There's a heaviness mm-hmm. to their roster and how they play, a straightforwardness. To, but I do believe coaches either breed or don't breed offensive confidence in their players. Do you believe that? Yeah, I totally believe that. You know, I think coaches, you can have coaches that are offensively friendly, and you have some coaches that are, uh, are, are shutdown machines that are offense police sometimes so but I also do feel that you have to kind of coach your roster that you have right and and to Daryl's point you don't have the weaponry that that the oil have I mean come on like the oil are dynamic when they're going and you saw the best of them last night I mean it wasn't even close uh, that could that that might have been as that could have been a 10 or 11 three game really not for a few saves that Marcia made so look you have to play to your strengths right now the way the flames are built they don't have they don't have the explosive firepower and the game breakers offensively that the oil have. We know that. And honestly, they're still not getting the production out of the blue line. You talked about it off the top, like Tyson Berry leading all the end points. Uh, and also Darnell having a Norris trophy type season. I said it on the air last night. He's in my Norris trophy conversation. North of 25 minutes played time on ice, roughly a game, all the goals he's scoring, the plays he's making, the toughness he showed. So the oil are getting production off the bat on the back end and have the highest you know, scoring point-scoring defenseman in the league. And in the case of Cal, they just don't have that right now. The Flames don't have those transformative players, certainly on the back end, as good as Goudreau and, and Monaghan are, and, and, of course, Matthew Kachuk. But here's my biggest thing, because I know it's oil country, but I know sometimes 
some of the lines. We have Edmonton, we have Edmontonians living in Calgary and vice versa, and, and everybody's kind of dispersed throughout the province. Here's the thing, and the world for that matter, my buddy Pete here in New York is uh, from Prince Albert, and he's a huge, huge, huge oiler fan. He texts me every day about the oilers. That's another story. But my point in that is, for the oil, the way the oil are built, when they play to their game, the way they played last night, there are not a lot of teams that can play with them. And the way the Flames are built, the Flames don't have really that much margin for error. They've got to defend well. They've got to check well. They've got to be positionally sound, and they can't take penalties. And they didn't do any of those things well yesterday, and they took a lot of penalties. So um, that's – and then the bigger the games, to me – the bigger the games, the smaller the Flames play, and the bigger the game, I know this sounds crazy for people in Edmonton, the Oils seem to rise up more than the Flames do to this point. Yeah, well, and it's, I mean, there's, they've been a different team under Dave, you know, it's funny, Dave Tippett's, uh, don't get too high when it's good, don't get too low when it's bad. Do, <laughs> right, you know, right. Do, does it matter, let me ask you, and I guess it's all the individual uh, personality of the head coach, but the guy sure. played six, the guy played 600 games in the league. He's got lots of, and, and I'm going to contrast this with what's going on in Buffalo. And, and hey, oh full my. disclosure, I like I Ralph Kruger. If you don't like Ralph Kruger, look in the mirror. He's a great guy. Yeah, I know. But I'll that's the radio this morning too. That, mm-hmm. That's that's like an un, unintendable situation there. But they've you know sure. Kevin Adams. You know Kevin. You know he's got he does not. Have, he does not have experience as a, as a general manager. Mm-hmm. Now they've got Don Granato, inexperienced head coach. Botterill was an mm-hmm. inexperienced GM. The Oilers went the other route with Holland and Tippett. They went with experience. Does that matter in your opinion? I think what matters is the right person because everybody has a day one, right? Kenny Holland had a day one. He had sure. Learn. Even the, you know, the great Kenny Holland, the great Lou Lamorello, the great Glenn Sather, Slats, had to learn and had a day one. So I think a lot of it depends on on your ownership, especially too, like and and where they at, where they're at, how involved they want to be, what resources they want to allocate to their team, and what they want to build, and what culture they want to build and foster for the players and the staff and for the fans. So, in the case of that experience, so to speak, does it have value? Sure, but I don't know. Mess wasn't experienced before he played in the NHL. It seemed to work out pretty well for him. Same yeah. for Gretz, same for Koff. You know what I mean? Like, it's same for a lot of people. Like, Paul Maurice came in real young. I remember Paul Maurice coaching against us in the OHL. And next thing you know, he's coaching in Hartford. And, you know, he's gone on to have an awesome career. Obviously, you guys are playing them today. You're playing the Jets tonight. So, I think you just have to get the right person that has the right characteristics that you're looking for. Because, unfortunately, when you do the default hires, they don't work that well you know very seldom can you do a default type of hire here's an example stuff and for the listeners right like you remember when atlanta was in the league yes. and thrashers and i was in that southeast division playing there a beautiful building love player there on a friday good city you know active kind of sports entertainment music business kind of hub in the southeast great spot but they they, they didn't really run the team the way they needed to run it have success in Atlanta, right? And then Vegas comes in, and Vegas was like, right from the beginning, I told you, their owner, Bill Foley, here's what we're going to do, here's how we're going to play, here's how we're, these are the people we're looking for, this is going to be our cultural identity, our organizational team identity, let's go. And you look at the contrast between those two, and obviously Atlanta to make it, and they found a safe haven back in Winnipeg, which has been awesome, with the Jets 2.0 are doing a great job, but when it was in Atlanta, they were they were kind of mismanaged, so that's why I come back to, I think a lot of it comes 
and falls on just hiring the right people. Experience or not, you just need to hire the right people. The last guy that was in your slot is back in the NHL as a president. You know what we're hoping for here, Kevin. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, listen, I appreciate that. Um, You know, I've said, I think a lot of it is, you know, clearly you can tell I love media as do you, and, and we love the game, and we serve the game in the ways that we do. But uh, anything that you do going forward, I think, Stoff, what I've learned through the process is you just want to be with people that you have a lot of synergy with. And I think, you know, I listened to the Oilers. You know, I played with Matt and different players in that group, Marty Jelena and different players, and you, you listen to them or, and you listen to the stories and, you know, a lot of the experiences that they share. And so much of that is really about the people. I mean, you know that. You, you, you're from out there, right? You, yep. yeah, I've listened to the stories of, of Slats and being at Slats' house in Banff and listening to him and the stories he told. And even yesterday, like on Spitting Chicklets, say what you want, I, I listened to, to Brent. Because remember, I had Brent Sutter. He coaches here in Jersey. Yeah. And I listened to Brent talking to Witt, to Ryan Whitney, who you guys know well, and Biz, isn't it? And he was telling stories about, you know, some of those Canada Cups and some of the Stanley Cups and the Islanders and stuff. And when you listen to, to teams that have had success, got no cup final, won a cup final, a lot of it comes down to those same intangibles, like the people, the quality of people that are in the group. So that's really something that to me is going to be most important in, in evaluating those types of opportunities going forward. You just want to be aligned with, with people that you have a lot of synergy with and that, see things through the same lens and want to accomplish great things. Your time will come, let me tell you. Kevin, until then, you're stuck with us. Thanks a lot for joining us on Winners Now, okay? Uh, thanks, man. Hey, listen, also, I want to shout out uh, my bro-in-law, Will. I think he's he's driving to the job site out in Brooks right now, and I, I know he's tuned in in the truck. So, uh, Will, what's up, buddy? Love you, bro. Hope you're doing well. And thanks to all the fans out there in the, with the oil that tune in and listen to us, man. Appreciate all right. you. Awesome stuff, Kevin. Thank you for your time. We got a lot of listeners from Brooks. We get texts every day there from uh, Brooks, Alberta. It is currently uh, one twenty-eight. Well, if you are driving in a truck out to Brooks, Alberta, the place to get it. Brent Ridge Ford in Wetaskiwin. Cars cost less in Wetaskiwin. Outstanding customer service is a key to business as well. Brent Ridge Ford is a 10-time President's Award winner for customer satisfaction. You know why they win it? Because they treat you fairly. When you purchase the vehicle, they offer fair prices on warranties, insurance coverage, financing fees. They don't forget about you. they got an excellent service department as well. Select Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang at Brent Ridge Ford. Lend a hand. You can reach them at one 877 or visit BrentRidge.com. Again, that was Kevin Weeks for Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction service, electrical prefabrication solar. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Back with Jets color analyst Jamie Thomas. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.